and welcome to episode 192 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, you and joined today by my fellow gamer and co-host, James. Hello. James, it's just the two of us once again this week, but uh, there's no shortage of things for us to talk about, because it's been one of those like manic weeks in video games when it's kind of, as Shannon said the other day, actually, like, earlier today, I don't know, it's all a blur, that's what I'm talking about, um, <laughs> that we kind of go from like zero to a hundred this time of year, we kind of go through this kind of quiet period, and then all of a sudden there's just like a flurry of video game news like all appearing in one hit. Um, but given that, have you found much time to, to play some games recently? Um, I always have time to play games, you and <laughs> You're good but, like that, yeah. Um, I recently finished The Surge 2, um, oh, for yeah. review, so, interesting game. I didn't play the first one beyond the opening, um, just because I just didn't. I don't have a reason, I don't have an excuse, um, but... Mm-hmm. I started playing it but when I found out I might be doing the second one for review, so yeah. But um it's it's good. It's like a Dark Souls game, obviously. It's like a sci fi Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Um I do think it's a little bit easier than most of these games, um, which is like I think is fine. Uh-huh. Um like I think I feel like in Dark Souls sometimes you can kind of or Bloodborne you can play it for like a few hours and at the end of that time you might not have made any progress. Yeah. Um Whereas with the Surge 2, like, there's a lot of little things in play that kind of makes it a bit easier to feel like you're getting somewhere. Okay. Um, and obviously, like, different... Yeah. Always make progress, like, yeah. Because that's, that's the thing I struggle with Dark Souls, is I, I don't feel like it respects your time all that much. Like you, I say that too, and I think that's apparently a really controversial thing to say. Uh, is, yeah, yeah, it's just like saying um, things in but, easy mode. People hate that stuff, but, you know, yeah, it's your own. I, I, I am all for games being challenging, but I also think... I don't know. That's another topic. But, <laughs> like, yeah, The Surge 2, like, obviously it's got that whole element where if you die, you can go and pick your currency back up if you get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but The Surge 2 does this thing where you can bank your currency at a save point at any point, which is kind of cool. Um, but then if you want to play risky or be risky, the more you carry, the more you get when you kill enemies. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the more shit you're carrying. So if you go into a boss battle carrying heaps... That's obviously a huge risk because you could lose that stuff. But yeah. then if you kill the boss, like you'll get so much more dividends than if you didn't. That's an interesting mechanic. Um, I like that. I, I, yeah, I think it's a nice twist on it. Um, and that's what The Surge 2 really is. It's like a nice twist, I guess, on Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I can tell, it's fixed. Have you anyone played the first game? Most of the complaints when I speak to people who did um, were like, yeah, there just wasn't enough variety in the enemy's locations. Um and stuff you could do and this just fixes all of that so okay which is like the opposite of Borderlands where it's just the same yeah <laughs> like, yeah um although I don't want to talk about Borderlands anymore I'm crushed by all the comments I've yeah review. I've stopped playing Borderlands almost I don't know oh. if I'll go back to it no I'm not not quite there like I'm still doing some cool post game stuff okay um but yeah I really liked I really liked Surge like obviously not like a groundbreaking like brand new game but. Kind of super rough visually as well, but I just thought it was really fun, um, challenging, t- and yet still rewarding mm-hmm. without being frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think it's worth a try, especially if you didn't like the first one, because um, it's just the first game was like took place in a factory. This takes place in a city with like a national park, and they do a lot more stuff with the areas you go to. Oh, cool. Um, and I really liked that. So yeah, and it's got dismemberment too. I know it's not enough games have good dismemberment mechanics. Yeah, this isn't like it's not the best like. 
like I would love if everything felt a bit like heavier in terms of the way you dismember things. Mm. Um, but it's really more of a like, oh, that person has like a piece of armor on their arm that I want. So you cut their arm off and then you get that armor. <laughs> like, that's a really cool idea. I love that. Mm. Um, but yeah, like it's it's definitely felt, it could be more meaty. <laughs> okay. That, yeah, no, no. <laughs> like, if that makes sense. I know what you mean. Minty um, and synthy, gone, that's how we define games yeah, here at Press it's like an, it's like an MA game, but I would have loved it to be R, yeah. if you get my Yeah, drift. yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> like, I don't know if that makes me sound psychotic. Well, but. I've been playing something far from an R game, and that is, of course, Untitled Goose Game. Um, have you had a chance to play yes. any of that over the past week? Um, I played the opening, and okay. I didn't really... I, to be honest, I played it just to troll the person in the room with me, because I knew they weren't paying attention to what I was doing, but I knew as soon as I booted that game up, they would look at the TV and be like, what is this? And they did. <laughs> um, so I just walked around and like honked a bit, and then I closed it and thought, I'll play this like properly later. So it I is a it. very watchable game, which I think is uh, like it owes a lot of its success to, in that the kind of gifts and... Um, clips that they've been sharing for the past two years now um, have really kind of captured people's attention. Um, and for good reason, it's got a really kind of strong uh, art style. Um, but it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. It's just a very kind of quirky, um, digestible, lovable sort of game. Um, it kind of invites a bit of creativity as well. I Like, you would have seen some of the challenges, how they sort of present themselves. It's, you know, break the broom. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, how do I go about breaking the broom? And you, it encourages you to experiment and to try different things without there ever really being, like, a, a game over screen or a hard stop or anything like that. Um, there's very little uh, punishment for getting things wrong, which I really like because it just allows you to kind of... M- like mess about it's kind of a bit sandboxy in that way um and just have a bit of fun with it uh i think i've i'm probably kind of getting to the the tail end of it now um but uh i'm really enjoying my time with it it's been a good sort of game just to like play on the train into work because you can sort of consume it in very sort of piecemeal uh sizes so it's it's really good on the switch for that reason um but I downloaded. I signed up for Apple Arcade today as well um, to uh, to give that a go because it finally came to to iPad. Um, so uh, does I that mean it's on Shannon Apple TV as well? Potentially, I don't know. I don't know how the yeah because uh, I've only got an Apple TV now. Okay, yeah. double check it. I'm not so sure. I, um, yeah, I will. It only came out to to. Um, to ios today um and i got some game suggestions from shannon to check out so i think that's going to be my undertaking for the next week is to give some of those a blast um but i believe you wanted to talk some more about apple arcade today right yeah so um i feel like i might not be in the best position to talk about it because i've actually played anything on apple arcade yet um but an article was published on ign i think this morning or yesterday Mm. um about They've been speaking with multiple developers, I assume mainly indie developers, um, about subscription services like Apple Arcade, um, and I guess the Google Play Pass was just announced too, mm-hmm. um, about how the problem is, like, obviously we don't have complete information, but they just think that, like, we're kind of, these developers feel that we're kind of heading towards, like, a crash situation um, where people are paid for... Um, you're not like so as as an example, Untitled Goose Game. Everybody bought that game for twenty three dollars, right? Or yeah, thirty dollars. Yeah, um, and that developer's got that money. <laughs> um, whereas with this these streaming services and stuff, you're with Google especially. Has Google's the only one I think who's actually said how they pay people. Um, but it's basically 
works out to be your like engagement, which I say in like quotation marks in terms of how long you play a game and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I guess the problem there is is like what like a game like say Untitled, Untitled Goose Game, like how would you? How would you like not be incentivized to make people want to play your game for ages without putting like kind of grindy gameplay loops into the games and stuff? Yeah, yeah. So I might does that, does that mean have I like arti- I don't think I've articulated that very no, well. No, no. But like you have, I guess yeah. I, I might read like, some excerpts from this uh, this article yeah. just to kind of clarify <laughs> things a little bit further. <laughs> yeah. um, so the concern is is primarily around how developers are paid out, how they they are paid the royalties for the for the game. Um, yeah, for the for their game being part of the platform. Um, so Google Play Pass is the one kind of fe- to, like featured in this article um but apple kind of operates somewhat similarly i believe um in that uh it kind of pays out according to the, the spotify model um and the spotify model if you're unfamiliar with it um pays out royalties uh as like a percentage share of ha- based on how much time was dedicated listening to say their music or in this case playing their games um so according to the frequently asked questions within uh google's game pass it says how do i make money developers earn a royalty that incorporates time subscribers spend in their app and captures how users value all types of content from weather apps to epic endless runners. We're continuously refining the model to make sure it fairly rewards titles that bring the highest user value. So it looks like they're kind of open to maybe messing around with it. Um, but the concern um, is that, and this is a direct quote by one of the um, developers that IGN spoke to, in the pay-per-stream model, artists motivate to accrue spins rather than devoted fans by any means necessary. A catchy three-minute earworm that begs to be played ad nauseum generates more revenue than longer, less repeatable tracks, even if the same number of people listen to the same song each month. Um, So that's kind of, I guess, then it can be applied to video games in that we're Games like Florence, which you kind of play in one sitting and it takes you half an hour and you never really venture back to, aren't going to generate mm-hmm. nearly as much revenue as something like, I don't know, what is it, Clash of Clans or something that or you're, like just you're like constantly you just going. Make a, like a match three game. Yeah. That has a thousand levels. Yeah. That, but, but then can you, yeah. can you really like equate that as being a more valuable experience than, say, something like Florence? I don't know. That's a, that's a tough conundrum, right? Yeah, um, and I guess with Apple Arcade, Steve was talking about it on the last episode in terms of mm-hmm. I think the games have a bit more of a quality, not a quality control, but just like a few more, I guess, like parameters they have to meet to be certain for Apple Arcade. I think one of them was like, was it no in-app purchases or like just not? There was something like that. There was like some kind of... Um, yeah, it was. I can't, I can't remember what it was. There was some kind of thing like where you couldn't have, I think, excessive in-app purchases or like randomized or something like that. Mm. And I think like that's really good for like the, I guess, like the front-facing player. Um, but then I just wonder like, so how, like behind the scenes, like how does this all work in terms of these these devs getting the money and stuff for their like, say, three-hour Florence or like 30-minute Florence experience. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, I think it's worrying. It's it's actually an ex- a concern I've I've expressed in the on the podcast before um, in that we've already seen this in the music industry that the industry as a whole is just not going to have the same amount of money kind of exchanging hands. And at the end of the day, that's going to affect how game developers make money and potentially 
the kind of games that they can produce, uh, which is the sort of concern that has been highlighted by the developers who have spoken to IGN here. Um, you know, for instance, with the music industry, you don't really make money from selling albums anymore. Like, that just doesn't happen. You release new music kind of purely as a means of marketing, um, and you're earning revenue through uh, selling out world tours and selling merch and all of that. But the music itself, like, actually isn't really netting you much money anymore. Um, and I don't know if the video game industry is quite ready to adapt to that. Um, I don't know I think if anyone like, successfully kind of nailed merch around video games. Yeah. And the, um, like the big one, the big question mark over it is like, obviously with Game Pass on Xbox and PC now, it's really cheap. And mm. I do wonder, like I've always, I always have said it like on the podcast, like how sustainable is it? Mm. Um, and we have no idea, like literally zero idea of how how they how that's paid out or how that works to put your game on game pass yeah um and whether it is worth it for like these developers and stuff and i think that that like mobile games like like personally for me i'm just i'm not obviously it's not as big a deal for me because i feel like that market has already kind of headed in that direction Mm. in terms of like you have a lot of shit that's not the best quality that kind of just wants you playing it more often yeah um but then console games like imagine if like we didn't have a game like, I don't know, let's just say Gone Home. Like, you could finish that in, like, three hours and never touch it again. Yeah. And then what if people didn't make games like that anymore because a service like Game Pass kind of discourages people from playing that stuff? Mm. Um, yeah. I, mean, I wish something they like, were more transparent about how all that stuff was done. Even something like Gears of War, right? Like, that can't nearly have had the same sort of return on investment as Xbox are used to receiving, right? In terms of pure revenue, like you would sell Mm. what? Like a million, let's just say a million. (laughs) Like maybe it's more, I don't know anymore. But like, let's just say you sold like a million copies that like between, well, to retailers you would have gotten what, $70 for each copy or something. You're not going to get as much. I mean, there's various cuts involved, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just talking about, like, pure cost to a retailer. Sure. But then, like, compare that to, say, um, like, all the people who did the $2 two-month trial mm. for Gears 5. Yeah. And are they going to do that trial promo for everybody, for every new release? Like, and if they do, like, how is that sustainable at all? No. Because, like, yeah. I, I will guarantee, like, not a lot of... Like, some people will keep their subscription, mm. um, but I reckon a lot of people wouldn't. Yeah. I, and I guess, and yeah, then, to my point again, I, is like, yeah. what? how do you sort of leverage the platform that you create into other money-making, like other revenue streams, like the music industry has been able to do? Because, um, you know, I, like, I, I spent some time with Rare earlier this year, and speaking with them, I very much got the impression that Game Pass had been really successful at them growing their, their user base. But they aren't really kind of paying players in the same way that we're used to traditionally where everyone buys a copy of the game like these are people that have subscribed to that service and they're playing a bunch of games and one of them might just happen to be uh sea of thieves um i guess there's the potential for added lifetime value you know like they would only have they would have to be a subscriber for more than seven months let's say to pay the equivalent of the game outright but you could potentially have xbox game pass subscribers you know 
paying a monthly subscription fee for year, like years and years and years um, rather than buying the one-off game. Um, but yeah, you know, maybe Sea of Thieves would have a lot of success in attracting players to play the game through a game pass and then selling a bunch of t-shirts and action figures and stuff to the people that enjoy the game. Um, yeah, to, to, to those diehards different though, because the producers of merch, aren't they companies who are separate from... Potentially, the, but there the, would be licensing the fees involved. But then I guess it's licensing, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I it's, think Apex is trying something quite interesting at the moment, whereas where um, everything in that game, kind of microtransaction-wise, feels to me kind of prohibitively expensive. Um, it, it just... Well, not prohibitively, but like just unnecessarily expensive. But obviously, people are paying the money for it. Like, I see the cosmetic items being used in games all the time. And they've kind of done, like, a limited run of, like, statues and action figures now as well. Um, and I feel like they're just tapping into this really kind of hardcore fan base that are prepared not to spend $5 or $10 here and there, but actually, like, put down substantial money into the game. Um and it might be a small kind of segment of their player base, but ones that they can really kind of draw some serious revenue out of. Um, I don't know how true that is, their strategy. That's just something that I'm kind of observing. But yeah, there's an interesting number of approaches, but it'd be interesting to see what Google do as time goes on and, and how they'll kind of adjust their model. Um, I share your concerns mm. about the sustainability. Just like Gears 5, like, as a game, you can tell it's pretty high budget. Um, oh, yeah. I just feel like it costs a lot to produce. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I just wonder, like, if that if it was worth it for Microsoft in the long run. Yeah, but and because expectations are changing tell. and the technology is getting more advanced, that, like, so they say... Well, they say that uh, AAA game development is getting more and more expensive, um, which uh, doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't really surprise me. So how... Yeah, how the whole industry adjusts is... It's going to be interesting. But we got a lot of time to see how that's all going to shake out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I've got something to fill that time come February. Because this morning we had um, the PlayStation State of Play. Uh, it was a nice and 6 a.m. wake up to watch that this morning. Um, and there's probably a few things we could discuss about it. But I want to get straight to the nuts and bolts of it first. And that is, of course, The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, get Finally getting its release day. It's coming out February 21st in 2020. Um, you can bet your bottom dollar that I already have my collects edition pre-ordered um but james what do you mm. what do you make of the announcement i was maybe a little bit concerned about how spoilery the trailer was yeah so i had those i had that 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 concern relayed to me um and as such i have not actually watched anything you oh okay so, all right yeah i do Ooh, know i haven't really I, I, no, okay, sorry, I know that sucks, because some people mightn't even be watching the trailer either, but I know, I think I have an idea of Ellie's motivation, That's I've seen one tweet that said that, Okay. Um, but that's about all I have, and then I've seen a screenshot of a particular character. Um, right, okay. And that's about it. Yeah, um, so yeah, I think there were two aspects uh, to it that are a bit kind of problematic. Um, the... The first being that it was another story trailer, and it's just like, I don't know if we need more story trailers about this game. Like, people kind of know what they're getting into yeah, and, are, and trust. That's what you guys all freaking think. 
The Last of Us is so good because of the story. <laughs> it's so is good. good. God damn it. The but story. we know it's going to be good. We know it's going to be good. We don't need to see any more about the story. Just like show us kind of a couple minutes of gameplay. Just whet the appetite. Really, had it just been a black screen with the Last of Us logo and then the release date, uh, that'd have been enough for me. Um, but we did get another story trailer, and I think it kind of did go a bit too far in kind of revealing the plot beats of at least the first act i guess we'll have to see how it plays out um and i just i don't know movies do this all the time kind of like kind of just going too deep into the story and trailers and i was really disappointed to see it this time um i'm sure naughty dog will still have a, a trick or two up their sleeve that's interesting though that you've decided I've, when did you stop watching trailers for it um the e3 one Okay. I think I was done. Yeah. But that was, like, I'll be honest, it wasn't because I, I was interested in the story. I just don't care. Like, I'll just play it when it comes out. I just don't want to, like, be wrapped up in any, like, pre-release hype, you know? Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes I feel like, yeah, I just feel you blank staring me through the mic. No, <laughs> no, I totally get it. My brother's what? actually doing the same. So, um... Uh, he's a massive Last of Us fan, even more so than me. Like, he's played through the original oh, wow. game, I think, ten times, something like that. Um, he, Such he, like, beat it on Grounded and everything. I think he got, like, almost all the way to the Platinum Trophy, except for those goddamn multiplayer trophies, which I reckon he has a good chance of actually getting when it's free next month, because there'll be a lot of people playing multiplayer again. Um, but... Uh, yeah, he's he's gone like cold turkey on it. Just doesn't want to know anything about it. He's managed to avoid all of the the spoilers. Um, I do want to just touch on that though. So if uh, if you've not watched the trailer and you are concerned about spoilers, maybe just tune out for like the next couple of minutes or so, because um, I do want to discuss something. So that is now your final opportunity to switch off. Um, James, so you saw the character that came back, right? Yeah. We're talking about a male, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Just straight out with it. I mean, Um, obviously, this is not a spoiler. He's going to be in it. Like, of course he is. But I mean, yeah. (laughs) The more I thought about it, as well, it's kind of like the the Kratos appearance in that God of War trailer when uh, before the most recent one came out. It's like, well, okay, yeah, you know, this is a big reveal that yes, it is a God of War game with Kratos in it. But you know, we probably could have guessed that, right? Yeah. So. Joel, unsurprisingly, is in The Last of Us Part 2 um, after much speculation. Um, but is he? Do you think he is there? Or is he like a figment of her imagination? Or what kind of role can you see his character playing in Part 2? Uh, well, if it it's seems like a so dumb focused on Ellie. Where he's dead. <laughs> and like <laughs> Ellie's just like seeing him as like, you know, her... Her Obi-Wan kind of... Yeah, like, Force Ghost. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> like, that'd be pretty stupid. But, like, yeah, I think... But now that I've said that, that'd be more interesting than if he was just, like, alive. I kind of wanted him to be the bad guy. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm curious as to like, whether a relationship like, le- is left off. Because um, there's obviously been a time jump. Um, although I think they say that it... I think they have said that it picks up where the first one leaves off, like finishes. So presumably we kind of get that oh, time no, jump. I thought Joel was like th- mid fifties in this one. Y- yeah, but I mean, you can just tell from the look of Ellie that there's been a time jump, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, so I he's gone from like his mid fifties to his 
early 60s or something, you know. Maybe it's no, just been a couple of years. Now. He's mid 50s now. Oh, okay. Okay, 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 okay. It doesn't like it doesn't really matter, but I th- yeah, there is like a a jump for sure. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see like how the relationship has changed and evolved and if maybe she learns more about him and his decisions in the first game. Um but uh, I love that there's like a cult. I love a good cult. Oh, yeah, 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 the kind of the kind of group that they refer to. Seraphites? Seraphites? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's... Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to say too much more about the trailer. No, that's fine. I don't want to spoil anything more for you. Um, So we'll we'll leave it there. But uh, yeah, I didn't need to be more excited for the game. And yet I am. Um, What did you make of the the state of play otherwise, though? Did you manage to catch up with the announcements for that? Um, Yeah, I think... (coughs) I don't know. I think they're pretty... um, they kind of make me appreciate the Nintendo's ones a bit more. I feel like Nintendo packs. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get you. Nin- Nintendo packs their stuff um, pretty densely for the directs, even if a lot of that stuff is underwhelming for me personally. Yeah. Um, although nothing makes either of them look as good as the inside Xboxes do, let's oh, be honest. Yeah, um, didn't even bother this time. No, and you did not miss anything. <laughs> but it's like a fucking Daniel's TV commercial, but worse. But um, in terms of... State of play, um, yeah, like pretty cool stuff, I guess. Um, so I was really surprised to see Death Stranding get a console, um, but not Last of Us. I really thought Last of Us would be the kind of game you'd want to do a console for. Yeah. Um, a lot of people I reckon would upgrade, but then I guess it's end of the gen. Do, but then it's yeah, not do really. It's just the, too late. I don't know. I don't know. But then they're doing Death Stranding. It's same publisher. <laughs> like, yeah, you know and I mean? and realistically, um, there's only a, a couple of months between them. Um, and I would argue, like. In terms of the games, Death Stranding would be less, would sell less than Last of Us Two. Um, I don't know if that's how they decide, but you know, yeah. I just feel like more people would buy a pro if they're looking to upgrade. Probably the best. I way mean, to do it. yeah, we've already had collector editions announced for Death Stranding ages ago, so maybe the console is still yet to be announced for the Last of Us. I mean, yeah, maybe kind of games um, awards or sometime in the new year we get. That announcement. What do you make of the pea-coloured uh, controller, though? Um, that's fine. I actually think it's really cool. I think it's a cool looking controller. Shannon ruined it for a... me when he started talking about it being pea-coloured. Like, oh. Yeah, I actually had a. I had. I saw a picture of um, a baby inside one, and I thought that's what it looked like. Yeah, and I was that's, like, how cool yeah. is that? But it's not. It's obviously just like a clear yellow. Like I, I saw a CG shot, like. I think when you actually buy it, it's just a clear yellow. Yeah. That, I mean, that's obviously what it's trying <laughs> to emulate, though, is the baby capsules. Yeah, the baby pod or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's cool. Like, I get it. It doesn't really match the console, but that's fine, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, nice console, I guess. Um, I still think Xbox does better special consoles, but... I don't think whatever. you're off terribly wrong there. This um, is nice in terms of the other actual like, proper announcements, though, um, the only uh-huh. thing I guess that really interests me at this point would probably just be Medieval. Um, mm. I've just reminded myself, literally right now, I'm queuing the demo up on my phone. Yeah, I, yeah, I forgot to I do it too. Because <laughs> um, I want that extra shitty helmet or whatever <laughs> yeah. that you get. Um, I love Medieval, one of my favourite games. Um, a little bit disappointed they're not doing the second game. I was waiting for that kind of surprise announcement. They're just going to do both together. Because mm. I feel like... They're not going to do both now. Do you know what I mean? Like the second one, they'll never do it. Yeah. Um, well, it I guess depends. it's not as revered. I guess though. it depends how well this first one does as well. Maybe. Yeah. I think but it's priced nice. I think it's like 40 bucks. It seems to be priced quite nicely. Um, looks really nice. Um, mm. 
it just sucks. Like, all you guys get, like, cool, fancy remasters with your Spyro <laughs> crash, and then I get this <laughs> shitty $40, $40 um, medieval. It's kind of nice, but not at the same time. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, it was... The biggest, and this is my own fault, like, I admit this is my own fault, but I was really looking forward to Batman yeah, being a that thing. that was going to be my next um, question for you. That's actually Shannon's fault, I reckon. We can blame him. How so? But, um, Did he call up he uh, published, oh, he published PlayStation and say, and, hey, yeah, don't... <laughs> <laughs> no, he got my hopes up too much. Um, but I reckon that's definitely a lock-in for, like, the Game Awards. got to be the Game Awards, right? For sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I just think Court of Owls is a really cool idea. Um... I'm and fairly yeah, I, sure they've done it, like Warner Brothers had done announcement at Games Awards in the past, right? I could be wrong on that, but I'm fairly sure I've seen. I feel like seen for them. some reason Arkham Origins, I feel like was announced at the Game Awards, but I don't know. Yeah. Um. um I, when I when I first saw them like teasing it, I thought, oh, this has got to be a Game Awards announcement. But then I heard a lot of arguments made for it of cropping up in the PlayStation side of play. Um. And to be fair, like the timing of the marketing did seem sus. Um. But yeah, I think. Now that it wasn't in the state of play, it has to be a game awards announcement. Calling it now. Yeah. And I also think, like, when I think about it in hindsight, like, why would you announce anything new in the same thing as The Last of Us's release date announcement? Yeah. Now? And why would PlayStation um, be cool with that? Like, that it's it's their moment for The Last of Us Part 2 to kind of shine. And uh, I guess they didn't want anything getting in the way of that. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> I what do you think of um this is like I still see this around. People are like, Oh, they're gonna obviously do like a PS five version of the game too. Like do you think Of the The Last of Us? Last of Us. Like yeah. do you think that's gonna be a thing going forward? Because like the new consoles are built to be backwards compatible from the get go. Like Uh oh yeah, that's a good point because of the backwards I mean? compatibility. Um yeah, my hope is that they would just kind of do, uh, you know, like release a patch that kind of makes use of the new internal. So rather than just being, oh, it's backwards compatible, like it's a PS5 enhanced version of the game or something at no extra cost. Um, but that really depends on how soon after The Last of Us it comes out. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of fitting in a way that, you know, it's The Last of Us that obviously brought the end not brought the end but you know marked the end yeah, of like the, the last ps3 the PS, yeah the ps3 generation um and i think it's kind of poetic that the ps4 ends with the last of us part two um so i think by holiday 2020 we'll have uh new ps new ps5 consoles um what about ghosts of tsushima oh fair point <laughs> ghosts of tsushima could be a ps5 game at this point let's be it does look nice. It does look like, really nice. Yeah. Yeah, I actually don't know, James. I haven't got an answer for you. That's a really good point. I feel like we have to be getting new-gen consoles late next year. It well, just yeah, Microsoft feels... said as much. Yeah, so yeah. I would say Sony's not going to be far behind. No, yeah. Hmm. Where does Ghost Tsushima fit into this? Yeah, maybe that's a launch title for PS5. Maybe that's it's that simple. And who wait Sucker Punch too? Isn't that they? You know they is, yeah. they did do the launch title as well for the PS4. It's poetic. Did they? Well, when did um when did Second Son Infamous, come out? Infamous Second Son. That Sun. was not a launch title. Was it not? Was it like a couple nah. months afterwards? Remember, it was, it was only, pretty um, close, Killzone, wasn't it? Killzone Drive Club and something else. Drive Club was Drive, Drive Club a launch title? 
Yeah, it was. There was three. There was like three major first parties, I thought. Right. I really want to know this now, but I don't want to drag the pace of the podcast down, <laughs> like, looking it up. We're at but the I'm end anyhow, James. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> that was episode 192 of the Starcast. Obviously, no. Oh, Knack. <laughs> Sorry. Was Knack was, Knack the was a launch title. Yeah. Not infamous, though. Soz. It came out pretty soon after release, though. Oh, okay. Wait. While we're doing this. Okay. I'll do the, I'll do the outro thing. and you can tell us. Uh, yeah, no episode, uh, no round of what the wiki this week, obviously being just uh, James and myself, but hopefully we'll have Steven uh, on next week. He was uh, Blame last Brody. winner. Um, yeah, Brody dogged us. We, James was going to fill in for Steven, but Brody um, had a nap <laughs> and is not here for the episode. Um, I guess his alarm didn't wake up. Uh, I'm going to print my what the wiki entry, fill it with glitter and mail it to Brody. <laughs> uh, but this was episode 192 of the Starcast. Subscribe to us on Podcast One or the podcast service of your choice follow us at press.au join the conversation with hashtag the startcast and visit the site at press.com.au uh, to give James more time I've been your host Ewan Roxburgh you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Ewan underscore Roxburgh I've been joined today by the lovely James um, yes I'm still here but um, so PS4 came out November 2013 uh-huh. uh, Infamous came out March 2014 okay so pretty close it was like a whole different it was a whole different year a whole di- yeah but <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, two, yeah. three months in it. Sorry, do you? Yeah, think? no, that's I don't have a thing. It's my problem. Um, I have. Yeah, I'm on Twitter as always at James A T J A M Z. Um, you can. There's. I don't know what you can do to what you can watch. You have, me do you have this week a new review up. The search to review. Yeah, I do. Thanks live on the website. Talking points. Um, yeah, you can check my review for the search out. Um, you can check my controversial Borderlands review out if you want. Um, yeah. Are you still getting flack in the comments for that? Um, yeah, one from one day ago said that people should find me and stone me. God so damn it! I was like, okay. It's like, wow. Shit. What was this to um, do with your comments about the game's humor, or what? What do you think? No, is it was just um, it just the comment literally just said like, let's stone this journalist, and I was like, oh, okay. A very reasonable and adult response to a (laughs) video game getting a 7.5, if I do say so myself. Damn. Be nice to each other out there. Um, And until next time, happy gaming. Have a great life, everyone. (laughs)